For more information on Ancient Dragon Zen Gate, please visit our website at www.ancientdragon.org. Our teachings are offered to the community through the generosity of our supporters. To make a donation online, please visit our website. So my name is Dylan. Um, I've been a member of Ancient Dragons since like 2015 or 2016. Uh, I feel like I know almost everybody here. Matthew, it's good to see you in person for the first time. Yeah, hi. Uh, so tonight I'm going to talk about working at a coffee shop. Um, for the past, I'd say, year and a half to two years, uh, I've been working at a really nice coffee shop called Phil's Coffee as sort of a way station in between careers. I, uh, I quit my job as a development director for theater in 2021, I think, 2022. And I wasn't quite sure what my future held. I just kind of knew I was at the end point of a certain chapter. Uh, and now in, in June, starting in this June, I'll begin training to get a, uh, my teaching license to become a middle school English teacher. But this has been a really interesting uh, chapter of my life, this year and a half to two years that I've been uh, making coffee over at Phil's. And I've really enjoyed this job because it's it's given me a pretty fascinating perspective on everyday human nature. Uh, everybody comes in to get coffee. It's, it has a pretty universal appeal, you know. So this is one of the things that drove that. that I, I was hanging out in the coffee shops for a lot of time before I was working in them, and one of the things that drew me to them when I was hanging out in there, just as a patron and something that drew me to work there was that you you pretty much got everybody in the coffee shop, every from different walks of life, different uh, cultures, everything. Uh, it's all, it's, it's a place where people congregate. And so I've got to, and you also get to experience a million different kinds of human interactions and you get um, a really interesting flavor pretty quickly of what kinds of, interactions people are needing or wanting. I spend a lot of time at the uh, at the, the front counter being the person that people talk to when they first come into the store and helping them figure out uh, what kind of what kind of drink or pastry that they want. And this has been one of my favorite parts of the job is feeling feeling out pretty quickly what type of interaction this is going to be. And uh, and, and trying to show up for uh, in, in, in the right way that'll uh, make a happy result and, and make a little bit of a connection. Uh, and it's turned out to be a period of my life that's been pretty rich with Dharma Gates. And uh, I want to share one primarily with you. And then if there's enough time, I have two other small little stories that I thought were pretty humorous. We could, we could go down that. Thought might have that, that I thought had a little bit of a uh, a dark uh, resonance 
that we could we could explore together. So the first one that comes to mind is this special relationship that all of us at the Phil's Coffee staff have with the number 8137. Every day, without fail, each of us that works here will say this number, I would say, about 15 times. And it is the code to the bathroom at the back of the store. <laughs> and uh, every day, you'll have this experience if you're working uh, at Phil's where or this particular location of Phil's, where someone will walk in the door, maybe order a drink, and then walk to the back of the restaurant or the, the coffee shop because they can see the bathroom. And then you know what's going to happen is that they will come back to you and say, what do I do? And you'll say 8137, and then they will go to the bathroom. And, uh, and, and, you, and you do this all the time. Uh, someone will... Uh, um, maybe hang out for a while and then uh, come in and ask this immortal question and you will say once again 8137 and this happens so often that uh, as staff we joke around about it with each other where you know for example I'll go to the back of the store to do something you know and then I'll come back to the bar area and just ask someone what the code to the bathroom is and the responses are usually pretty fun. Uh, sometimes like, oh, there's no code, or it's 8136, or they're actually out of order for you. And we'll, we'll kind of josh around with each other about this. And this number, and I don't think I'm alone on this for the staff, for people that are on the staff, it just starts to kind of gnaw your subconscious after a while. It's like 8137, it's 8137. That's the code of the bathroom, it's 8137. 8137 is the code of the bathroom. Uh, do you need something? 8137. You see someone coming back from the back, you don't recognize them, you just say 8137, and the problem is resolved. And, you, and it, just, it just starts to just kind of go in this little loop in the back of your head. But um, about a month ago or so, I started really thinking about this, this, this number, this little koan, and how it could be a Dharma case. And I started seeing this as a, actually a pretty wonderful example of beginner's mind. And, you know, okay, okay, so I'm saying this number 15 times a day, but I've been forgetting that every time someone is asking me this, they're asking that question for the first time. They, they haven't had the experience of, you know, having this exchange 5,000 times before. For them, this is a fresh experience. And it's a totally reasonable, important, innocent question. And, and so I started to wonder, like, how could I have this interaction where I gave equal weight to the fact that it was their first time asking this question rather than me kind of wallowing in, this, <laughs> in, this, in these encounters and it being the 8,137th time I've answered this question. And in this pivot to a more like a beginner's mind perspective, I started to notice that it, it felt like it was also like I was pivoting towards a, a, in a, a approach to this interaction that felt a little more, a little bit, or a lot of it, more rooted in compassion. Because I, I had never, and, and I never really made this connection before between beginner's mind and 
maybe I, I should briefly say for folks, if you're new to uh, Zendo or to Send, that Beginner's Mind is a pretty famous uh, saying from the, uh, the founder of our particular stream of uh, Soto Zen in America, Shunri Suzuki, uh, and it's, it's the part of the title of his famous book, Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind, and, uh, and it's, it's a phrase that uh, you can explore a lot um, for a long time. Uh, I think I have a quote here that will help, help me explain a little bit. In the book he says, if your mind is empty, it is always ready for anything. It is open to everything. In the beginner's mind, there are many possibilities. In the expert's mind, there are a few. So when I started to open up to thinking about these interactions from a more beginner's mind attitude, I, I feel like I'm actually welcoming in a more comprehensive uh, viewpoint on this interaction about the bathroom. So it, it's less centered on myself having it over and over again and, you know, the tedium of that, but I'm, I'm pivoting towards a perspective where it's including both each person's very, very first time asking this question and me answering this question thousands and thousands of times. And that this interaction is actually both of those things happening and not just me suffering through this question thousands and thousands of times. The customer and I are both participating in this. It's not, and, and when they're asking for my help, I can give this help pretty easily. That's actually, that's a, that's a wonderful moment in life where somebody needs a pretty immediate piece of help and you're able to assist them with exactly the information that they need immediately. I think we spend a lot of time in, in Zen talking about how hard it is to help ourselves, help others, and it can be figuring out what the right response is. So what if, what if actually this was a pretty glorious moment of like how easy it is to give this help right now? You know, this is something that somebody needs. They obviously have a, an urgent need to figure out this code and I can, I can give that to them and, and, and uh, I've officially been helpful. That's something I spend so much of my life thinking. How do I be more? How do I be helpful? How do I live a life that's helpful? And, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm doing it pretty clear cut, pretty, uh, you know, pretty, it's pretty easy to see the effectiveness of this offering that I'm making by telling them the, the code. Uh, and also, inevitably, the tables on this are going to change or they're going to spin around. For, for me, uh, I think the, the first example I can think of is when I get back on my way home to work after I'm done for the day, I'm going to depend on a CTA training conductor to get me safely from the Chicago Red Line stop to the Sheridan Red Line stop. And undoubtedly, this CTA conductor has gone from Chicago to Sheridan 8,137 times before, but I'm depending on them to to do it today safely for me, you know? So, uh, it, it felt, it felt like 
when I started when I started thinking about this for this talk that there's so many things that we do day to day that might feel tedious or repetitive, but are actually the complete functioning of people being in it together and and depending on each other to uh, to make it through the day to 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 live our lives. And so in each of us, there's this constant rotation from guest to host and host to guest and back to guest and then back to host and back around and and it and it just keeps spinning. It's a, it's it just you're just every day it's what which which one am I today? Am I the guest or am I the host? So if your mind is empty, it is always ready for everything. It is open. It is always ready for anything. It is open to everything. In the beginner's mind, there are many possibilities. But in the expert's mind, there are few. So I would like to really encourage all of us to be a beginner as often as possible. Uh, I believe doesn't feel like the right word. I have confidence that the willingness to be a beginner as often as possible is the study of the self. And this also goes back to my experience of leaving one career and, you know, just learn how to make coffee instead. Like I had years of training on how to run campaigns and bring, bring in big donations and then, um, you know, learn how to make a cup of coffee. And I'm, it's a totally different, it's a totally different uh, context. And I needed to do that because I felt like I was holding on too long to a version of myself that was convenient rather than it was authentic. And so becoming a beginner again ended up being a really important uh, in my life. And this also reminds me of another quote from uh, Shinru Suzuki from that book, Send Mind, Beginner's Mind, which if you haven't read it, I, I really highly recommend it. I think it's uh, a pretty uh, easy, <laughs> deceptively easy to read introduction to uh, Zen practice. So he has a quote in Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind. The best way to understand yourself, or the best way is to understand yourself, and then you will understand everything. So when you try hard to make your own way, you will help others, and you will be helped by others. Before you can make your own way, you cannot help anyone, and no one can help you. So I, want, I have in my notes here to do a time check. It's 8.15, so I think I have enough time for both of these small little stories. Okay. So uh, now we're just going to go into the zone of fun, fun coffee shop stories too that I felt like had some had some dharmic resonance. 
So the first one is, I have it listed as the saga of fixing the music. So at the coffee shop, uh, it's obligatory to have some ambient music happening all the time. You don't notice how important this is until it's not there. When, when, there's, when there's no music and people are just sitting at the coffee shop and there's just this cavernous silence, it starts to, starts to feel really weird pretty quickly. So thankfully, um, we have this setup at, uh, at Phil's where there's basically, I don't know if people know the music service Pandora, Pandora for business, where you just you can put in an artist and then it'll just play a radio station forever that plays stuff that's sort of like that. Um, and we, uh, we had a problem, say, for the past, like, three months where the connection, the Wi-Fi connection wasn't quite working specifically for the music app in the store. So it was still possible to change. The music still worked, but it was, um, but in order to change the station, you had to do this very intricate process of going to the back of the store, getting a remote control, pressing a single button at a precise hour that controlled all the Wi-Fi for a specific increment of time. And of course you can't see any customers while you're doing this. So you have to be okay with not being in, uh, in front. You have to have enough coverage for other people to be running the store. And then you've got to, um, reset the Wi-Fi settings on the iPad and then re-log into the music app and do this whole thing and then set a station from there. And it was, it's a, it, it was a very time-consuming, annoying task to do. And, you know, we would complain about it for months. When is the music going to get fixed? When are we going to fix the music? And, um, but it's funny. One thing that started, I, like, it started to change a little bit where I noticed it was kind of nice where before the music was broken, the music station would be switched, you know, maybe every hour or so. There's a different vibe. So when we go from country to R&B to 60s jazz and, you know, whoever was on shift, it would bounce around all the time. But because the music was broken, you kind of had to find a station that people could vibe with and leave alone for a long time. So, like, we had a day or we had like three days where it was on hiatus coyote radio. I don't know if anybody knows who they are, but they're like a futuristic R and B neo soul jazz Australian group. They've been rec- they've been nominated for a bunch of Grammys, and it just kind of stuck on that station for like three days. And you just kind of it just worked, you know. You didn't you like yeah, it's too much work to try to change it. This is fine. And um, and then I complained to my boss about the music still being broken a couple weeks ago, and so he was like, all right, fine, I'm gonna try and fix it. So we brought in the tech guys to fix it. Ended up it only it only needed a uh, update. The software was just out of date, and so it was like one of those calls to you know Comcast. You're like, my my internet's not working, and I'm like, well, did you try turning on the modem? And oh, okay. So that's what it ended up being the whole time. And then once we were starting to be able to to uh, to change the station again, it, 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 at first it felt really liberatory. But within about a day, I started missing the days of when we were just leaving it on hiatus coyote radio for three days in a row. Um, and I just made a joke to my boss of like, you know, it was actually better before we fixed it, you know, because then we weren't worried about what we were playing on the, on the radio so often. 
And that to me felt pretty rich too. It's just an example of, you know, when you think things are imperfect, they're kind of, they are perfect in a way. Uh, that these, the, the being imperfect and being perfect are kind of, I don't even know if perfect's the right word, but being, being right and not being right, that they're kind of, they're kind of happening simultaneously. And it depends on how you want to lean into it, what, what side of that you're accenting. Uh, but I didn't really notice that until after we fixed it. And then the last little story I'll tell is, um, this is a story I think is just about being kind to yourself, is um, about one of our team leads, Duncan, who uh, he... We were we, so in the job. We, every day we make these big tubs of cold brew coffee um, that are good for a couple of days, and then usually people drink it all up, or we have to throw it out. Um, but vast quantities of, of cold brew are made every day, and there's these there's big containers of them. And in the early days of the store, we opened it up like two years ago. We had we would we would store them on this cart in the back uh, and there was one day where somebody knocked the cart over Duncan I think I'm going to just blame him for it uh, knocked, the, <laughs> knocked the cart over and cold brew just went cascading everywhere in the back and I know if I had done this and panic and you know oh my god I'm going to get fired and uh, you know, I, I just outed myself as being incompetent. I can't even do this job. What, what am I, you know, just go down this negative self-talk rabbit hole. But Duncan's response to this is he, he, he got a camera and got, and like got stood on top of a chair <laughs> and, and smiled to the camera and gave a thumbs up <laughs> in front of this giant lake of cold brew <laughs> that was all over the floor. And, I, th- I just think of that now as being a really wonderful response to like, of course I did, whatever, you know, and then, and then cleaning it up and, and now it's just a funny story. So I really appreciate that he had, that he was, had that kind of kindness to himself to have such a playful response to it. Um, so I think that's all I wanted to talk about. So I just have some fun, some, uh, some fun stories from the coffee shop. So uh, beginner's mind is the study of the self. When things are imperfect, they might actually be perfect, and and also imperfect. And just finding ways to be kind to yourself through playfulness are things that I've been learning uh, at the shop. I think that's all I got off the top of my head. But I would love to talk with you about anything this brings up or anything that's on your mind. And thank you for listening. So it's like Simone has a comment. Hi, Simone. Hi. Um, <clears throat> uh, it, uh, the 8137, um, I'm not going to ask for it if I go to the shop. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, it made me think that uh, you, you mentioned beginner's mind. Um, Beginner's mind or paying attention is just also a form of caring. Yeah, and keep caring, of which 
Well, I am at fault of not doing it very often. You know, you get disengaged with things. I think it's very, very easy, especially in certain jobs, and even legitimate at times, to get disengaged and not care. You know, part of it shuts down the self-protection. But it's kind of nice that you found a way to care, because it's not just for others, but it's also, I think, we do it to ourselves. Like, recently I've been talking with a co-worker, she's usually angry a few things, and I'm like, you know, you're right. It's also your day. <laughs> so like, yeah. if you stop caring and don't, you know, whatever, it's a practice. Like, try if you can, if you can. You know, I think could could it be helpful uh, to you and to all those around you. And it's not easy, and it's not that, but it's very easy to stop caring, especially lately in the past few years. There is only reason to do so in many situations for many, many people. Um, but I have another friend who has been visiting Japan in these past few days, and what also got my attention when I visited a few months ago is just like, people kind of care. <laughs> just like you, you get this sense, they're just like, man, this looks like the littlest thing in the world. They're caring so much. <laughs> and, and so I think it's a very nice way that you had to reconnect with that and to demonstrate it. And it's on my mind a lot lately, so thanks for showing a way to do that. Um, and, and another thing is, uh, even weirder, the music went out at the gym a while ago. It's even weirder than at a cafe because a bunch of people lifting heavy stuff for no reason. <laughs> Sweating, sweating and grunting. But I'm a weirdo. I actually really love when the music goes out in these environments because I feel like there is music everywhere just to use the sound of the void. Yeah. It has become <laughs> just like to avoid thinking and confronting some stuff. Here's an engaging background that <laughs> will just keep you going. So, um, when you found the balance between the repetitive music and the no music and that, but I'm a weirdo, so I hope one day the music goes out in random spots <laughs> just to see people awkwardly interact or to get worried about what they're doing for a second. <laughs> Me too. I'm, I'm also a weirdo. I feel like that's good. Good. <laughs> Weirdos are usually the um, folks that have a lot to offer and to, and to teach us. Exactly. Um, yeah, the. Um, the caring, you know, about the care, the caring about the shop makes such a difference in how how fun it is to work there. There's a really good balance of playfulness and care, uh, which has taught me a lot. Uh, of like, if if there's no standards, then it's pretty easy for you know the, the for for you to get depressed while you're there. Like why why am I here? You know, like you know, how soon can I leave? Um and and I think that is directly translatable to Sangha, you know, and the temple here, you know, like that we care for the forms as much as we do as a as a way of taking care of each other. You know, of like of, of reminding us that this is important and that and that your practice is important, each one of us. Uh, and that we're supporting each other through it, and we're talking to the ancestors, and we're talking to the future uh, by how we take care of the space and how we support each other to sit and do the service. Um, 
And, and so, yeah, that caring is, is not just a caring for the cup of coffee. It's a caring for, uh, people you work with. Uh, and like when I care about making it with, with, uh, with joy and with care, then that's, that sets an environment. And, and the people that receive the coffee can feel that too, yeah. you know? Um, and so then you're not, and then it's not even about the coffee anymore. So. David. Thank you, Dylan. Um, this is a comment, not a question. Uh, so it kind of feels to me like you, you got the thing that will serve you the best and be the best magic talisman for you as you go into teaching because you will have so many, so many 8137. Yeah. I would so gladly answer the same question about Latin grammar another 10,000 times. I'm grateful for it every time. And like you, I'm always curious because as you said, it's always different every time. The same question, just like the same breath and the same sunrise, same zazen, is different every time. Mm -hmm. In addition to being the same. Thank you. Also, yeah, Brian, I want to make sure folks online know that they're they're in on this. Hey there. Hi, Brian. I, uh, I didn't know if that was you calling on me or. <laughs> Um, it was okay. Uh, number one, awesome talk as always. Uh, I haven't heard a lot of yours, but every time I have, I feel like I'm listening to a jazz artist improvising really well, even though you may have notes. <laughs> um, I love the incorporation of the what could be a very repetitive, onerous, you know, frustrating, uh, mind numbing thing in your workplace that you flipped it into this really awesome, uh, Darmador into, um, you know, seeing it in a different way, you know, re recharacterizing it. Um, I love that. I love the whole idea of the flipping back and forth between host and guest. Uh, that reminds me of a, um, book I read once on, on social skills for, for shy people. Um, and there was a chapter on going to a party. And if you're feeling like a wallflower or you don't know anyone, chances are in the back of your mind, there's a, there's a frame that you're, that you're inhabiting, which is I'm the guest here. And if you just simply flip it so to start acting like a host, uh, the advice was just go up to someone and, and just introduce yourself and pretend you're the host. And, and in effect, you, um, have a, a, an easy way of, you know, coming out of your shell and, and socializing and, you know, all these things, you know, just changing the meaning by, by changing the frame. So your talk hit on all of those. Um, so in addition to the praise for your talk, I just want to end with a question because, uh, we haven't talked in a while and I always get great music tips from you. Uh, what was that, uh, station or group that you all mutually agreed on that sounded like a great description but i couldn't catch the name of it from australia they're called hiatus and that's like like how you think h-i-a-t 
uh, U.S. and Coyote, Hiatus Coyote, and Coyote is spelled K U I Y O T E. Excellent. Uh, and all of their records are good, so you could you could dive in anywhere. I think you'd like it, knowing you. Well, your your music tips are always an eighty-one thirty-seven for me. So, thank you. I think I think Anastasia has your hand raised too in Hogetsu. I don't have my hand raised. Oh, thank okay. you. Okay, Hogetsu. Hi, Dylan. I did have my hand raised. Um, let's see. It's so rich. This talk is so rich, and. I thought about 8137 every time you speak it it's a new it's not just the same thing you know it's an 8137 is new each time you say it and how wonderful that is um and how how much all the people who walk into your coffee shop are helping you learn how to practice with 8137, you know, I thought, oh, yeah, this is just like being a Zen teacher, the same thing over and over again, <laughs> you know, do I bow here? Do I step in the Zendo this way? Do I ring the bells this way? Do I stitch this way? And it's it's really just so wonderful to hear how you practice with this. It also reminded me of um, something I read in the New York Times recently, maybe you and others are familiar with the film director, Vim Vendors. Uh, he wrote, uh, wrote him. he's a new German cinema, you know, from like the 80s, 90s ish, but he's still quite contemporary and he loves Japan. And he did a movie called Perfect Days. It's kind of a quasi-documentary of a Japanese person who cleans toilets every day for a living. And there are these like amazing kind of amazingly designed toilets. And he does the same thing every day with a tremendous amount of care. I thought, oh, this is something maybe our Sangha, we could have Sangha movie night and take a, a look at this. Um, but I was thinking how you really touched on such an important part of our practice, like serving tea and cookies, ringing the bells, being techno, you know, but this is true in every part of our life. So I was wondering, David Ray, you know, when you're uh, responding to questions about Greek grammar or Latin grammar and, you know, that's so joyously and that, you know, when you're Kokio and <laughs> techno, that same joy comes through. But sometimes it's not joyous. Sometimes it's boring. Sometimes it's difficult. And still, I think we we are supported by everyone in that practice. So I just really appreciate your talk and I hope it continues. Thank you. Yeah, I think um, it, it, it can kind of feel like in, a, in an inspirational way, um, like I'm looking up to the, the the women that would sell tea cakes, you know, near the near the temples where you're, you know, you're selling a cake over and over again, but there's something in the interaction 
that you're kind of like it's a new it's a new interaction every time, even though it's it's selling tea cakes. But there's like a, there's a and 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 that's I think the thing that I get most excited about when I'm at the shop is how like every interaction with every person is distinct every time, mm-hmm. and that one that one feels very but and the most exciting to me but it's taking a little bit more practice to also as you said like have that have that be like recognize that as being true with 8137 as well mm-hmm. and what do you do when you're not excited when the thrill is uh, gone the thrill is gone <laughs> i think you show up anyway uh and how do you and, show up uh, with <laughs> openness uh, to being excited when you didn't think you were, you know, like to, that the excitement might happen at any moment. Maybe. <laughs> how about open, how about openness like, to not being excited? That too. <laughs> I, I, I can think of that. Uh, okay, I know. I'm, I'm playing a little with you, so thank you. No, I know. I, I, I love it. I'm 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 always down. I uh, I love I love playfulness. Um, I see Simone. I also don't want to get in trouble for going over time. Okay with me, but we did. I know uh, it's not that time, but anyway. Okay, I'll take the heat for being over time. Right. Yep. Uh, I wondered if you started that way, which kind of goes to the question of again, so how do you show up when you're not? You know, did you before you realized this? Uh, Presence attention in way one thirty seven. Did you feel frustrated? Uh, and if if so, what made a difference when you do switch? Yeah, so yes, I would get frustrated, but it's more it's more like um, because usually the question isn't asked when I'm not doing something. You know, the question is asked when I'm like trying to make four drinks at the same time. You know, and right, and so and so like you're trying to make four drinks at the same time, and then somebody, or just, you can just see them kind of appear in your peripheral, and you're like, oh, okay, I got to, 8137, okay. And then, oh, because the, t- the, the clock is always ticking on these drinks. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you got, like, every, however fast you are, it's not, you could always be faster. So, um, it's, it's, I think it's, what changed was when I was, when I would be, um, so the shop has big spikes and, and lulls. So like there'll be big rushes and then there'll be, you know, 20 minutes where nobody comes in. Mm-hmm. And so it's during the lulls that I'll, I'll kind of think back on, like, I think I'm kind of, you know, dismissive about how I'm saying, like, people just want to go to the bathroom, you know, like, it's not, they're not doing anything wrong. So why am I, why am I responding to it as if like, um, you know, they're, they're uh, being unfair, or you know, or, or something. And I, I have faith that I'm not coming across that way, but in my head, it's I'm not giving them that much grace. And I, I think, um, so I usually my my process is usually like being when I have the time to be reflective, to to do to like lean into it, and then give myself that reminder, like bring that to. Uh, bring, bring whatever conclusion that I get to or cha- change of habit um, to you know, remember it 
when I go back into that um, that rhythm of four drinks and having to have customers on the side. Anyway, so just yeah, reflection. So having the time to observe brought out the interaction aspect with another person, which is what became important, kind of. Yeah, and just like. Yeah, going up to go to the bathroom, which is really important, is just like it brought out that it's a little interaction. Yeah, I think I would just say just a reflective lifestyle of just like, you know, that, that, you know, when there's nothing to do, that's a good time to just be, you know, to, to be a little reflective about how, you, how you've been acting that day. Thank you. Yeah. Jerry. When I was in Tassajara, by the bathrooms, there's a little figure of the god of filth. Yeah. And and when I heard when I heard you say eighty one thirty seven eighty one thirty seven, it was almost to me like a call out or a blessing. Again, that's what came to my mind. That's beautiful. Yeah, and this is such a helpful thing for me too because now when I go back to work tomorrow, all of your <laughs> dharma will be soaking <laughs> through me when people ask to go to the bathroom. So thank you. <laughs> oh. I, I have a comment. Hi. Um, yeah, Dylan, I always love how thoughtful you are about um, pretty much everything. Um, it's very impressive. And um, I feel like elevating the mundane um, to, a you know, the possibility of a Dharma gate is really the heart of the practice, right? It's, I'm just echoing what others have said, but um, that's it, at least for me. And and just to answer uh, who gets those questions, I would say fake it till you make it. That's what I do. And then somehow I arrive. <laughs> Being willing. Thank you. Mike. Um, first, I would echo Hugetsu's uh, suggestion for film vendors. I think, you know, in your tasting film, enjoy some of this That's good. Um, the dialogue that you're having with somebody reminds me of, of being in the thick of, of Tenzo mess um, yeah. when you're stirring three pots and making sure that your servers know the forms and Absolutely. Um, all of that. And I've come to find that as someone who judges himself a lot, um, <laughs> That when I'm in that thickness, um, I, I find myself not judging. Um, it, it, I show up and I just do it. And this reminds me of something that was said yesterday on the Q&A about um, uh, it's like you don't have that space to analyze or something. You're you're just showing up and um, you try something and you make your best effort to do what's necessary. Um, and that is what it is. Um, and it's only afterwards when I reflect on it, then, then I, the, the judgment mind kind of comes in. Um, and so I'm trying to take that space to be kinder, kinder to myself, but, um, and, and taking the tensiveness into the rest of my life has been really, really helpful. And this talk was a good reminder of that. So thank you. And I'm thinking that the, uh, zenness of 8137. Is it right number? Yes, right number. Uh, and, uh, and, what, and what Mike was just saying reminds me of how this relates to uh, Japanese 
culture and how it's been uh, informed by Zen because of Chado, uh, two ceremonies, which is the most simple what you do is the simplest thing it's making a cup of baking and offering a cup of tea, and yet it is a high art in Japan. And it's total, total simplicity and, and also very intricate. So, thank you for your teaching. I just got an idea about like a whole other talk about how how to offer the cup of coffee, but I'm not going to go down that, that road. Maybe another, maybe another time.